We all go a little mad sometimes. So if you're Mads for Mads Mickelson, you need to head over to superyaki.com and their new I Am Simply Not Online collection of Mads Mickelson merchandise. Superyaki.com is the internet's greatest source for pop culture merchandise. From t-shirts to bags, all sustainably sourced and ultra comfortable, Superyaki.com's merchandise is a cut above the standard pop culture t-shirt or product. And Monsters Never Die listeners will get 10% off of their order with the code SUPERMONSTER. That's SUPERMONSTER for 10% off at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. Good evening, and welcome back to Monsters Never Die, Talk Film Society's spooky podcast where Jacob and I discuss classic monsters, human or otherwise, as well as their sequels, remakes, and ripoffs. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Curione, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and with me as always is... (laughs) Cheeseburgers! There's there's so so many little things in my office. I'm Jacob. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Hey, Jacob, how are you? I'm I'm doing great. How about yourself? Uh, pretty good. It's it's been a hot minute, and uh, now we're back uh, talking about some little dudes. Yeah, yeah. I am so excited uh, for this episode. Tell the, tell the people uh, what we're going to be talking about uh, this month. So this is our Gremlins knockoffs episode. Um, yeah, because we were able to cover Gremlins back in our Christmas monsters episode. So if you don't remember that, go back to our first Christmas episode. And um, you know, it didn't feel right to only talk about the first Gremlins without talking about the sequel and everything else that kind of came out uh, afterwards. So tonight we're going to be talking about Critters one, two, three, and four. Ghoulies one, two, and three. We're dropping off Ghoulies four because it's not puppets and to me if it's not puppets it's not a gremlins knockoff true i agree also talking about munchies and hobgoblins and then of course finishing out the night with gremlins too hell yes any chance to talk dante i'll take it you know that the people know that yeah uh so yeah this uh this is gonna be fun i love critters jacob i just to get this out before we start I love any movie with small monster puppets. Same. Like it's fun. It's a genre that really can't go wrong. I enjoy literally every movie that we're about to talk about. This movie uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, it came out in 1986, uh, directed by Stephen Herrick, who also uh, dir- what a career! What a career! Uh, he did this, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The Mighty Ducks. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close. I mean, this guy has a career. Uh, so a lot of movies I loved when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, Stephen Herrick rules, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame he kind of fell off after Rockstar. I think so, you know, yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. But uh, this movie's a lot of fun. I, I love how it harkens back to the 50s with like small town monster movie. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely love that. Really love uh, the family here, led by everyone's favorite 80s mom, Dee Wallace. Oh, she's great. She's always great. Uh, she has never let me down with a performance, uh, whether it's this or E.T. or um, Cujo, which I think is like her best performance. Uh, she's great in The Howling. Absolutely. Mm. Abs- I love Dee Wallace. I think she's great. This movie has so many good character actors. Yeah. So many. It's got, you know, as... As Roger Ebert always says, that every movie is improved by M. Emmett Walsh, and that's certainly true here. Agreed. Uh, he's always great. A very early Billy Zane is our first yes. guy to get eaten by Kreitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got him. You got Lynn Shay. Uh, oh, this She's so God. funny. She's great. I've always liked her. She's always a, a very, very good time. Uh, and then we have the intergalactic bounty hunters. Yes. 
Ugg and Lee, which... Yes. Okay. <laughs> Ugg and Lee, uh, played by uh, Terrence Mann and uh, someone else. I don't yeah, know a blank-faced A blank body face. Actor. Uh, all I know is that I saw uh, Terrence Mann on Broadway about, oh, I don't know, 20-something years ago, 25 years ago. And uh, he was really great when I saw him. And I didn't know What'd that he was... In? I saw him uh, in Rocky Horror. He played Frankenfurter. That's amazing. It was. And at that time, I didn't recognize him from Critters, even though I had seen Critters many times. Uh, I just didn't realize that, you know, this man in uh, Slinky Lingerie uh, singing on the stage was uh, Ugg. Ugg himself. Uh, had I <laughs> known, so I would have brought a Critters VHS for him to sign. But uh, he's a great Frankenfurter. Uh, you can actually hear him on the cast recording from oh, around that time. that's amazing. Uh, oh, my God. He's... Fantastic. So this was part of a wave of 80s horror movies that are essentially throwbacks to 50s monster movies. And I love the like, I love that it's, you know, like you said, it's a family under siege. It mostly takes place in this farmhouse. But then it adds just a what I, I would consider not a twist, but just a brilliant like addition where it's. This family is not really... Our main characters are the people we're following, but the story itself is actually just about a bunch of, like, outer space good old boys trying to blow the hell out of some it's just, an, like, alien it's possums. An, it's and an intergalactic... This family just happens to be in the way of their, like, shotguns. It's an intergalactic duck hunt. Yeah. It's so <laughs> much fun. And this the, the tagline for this movie, fantastic. The battle began in another galaxy. It's about to end in the Browns' backyard. Yes. It's so good. Great. It's just great to have them just caught up in the story that has really nothing to do with them. And to make the aliens not any... I don't think we've ever seen aliens like this before in that they're kind of dumb and just here to... (laughs) They they just want to hang out. They just... These these little critters, they just want to chill. Yeah, they just want to chill, mess up your kitchen, uh, and as we learn, you know, they they love cheeseburgers, which is like still one of the funniest thing. And whenever someone brings up critters, I always just say cheeseburgers in the crate voice. Uh, yeah, this movie rules. It's such a yeah. It's it's so fast paced. It's it's a quick eighty five minutes of monsterific fun. And I can't get enough of it. I've watched that Scream Factory box set at least three times since it came out like two years ago. And absolutely love it. What a great fun set with a lot of cool bonus features. And only Scream Factory would give this series the deluxe box set treatment. (laughs) I will say, I think out of all of the monsters we're going to be talking about today, out of all of the Gremlins knockoffs, and I'm including the Gremlins in this, I think the Krites are the cutest. Uh, they're, oh, without a doubt, because they, they're they're fuzzy. They roll around as balls, which is the and <laughs> the choice of a genius. So the the critter effects are done by the Chiodo brothers, who you probably know from Killer yes. Class from Outer Space. Ernest Scared Stupid, which we'll which we'll cover one day. We will cover that one day. Killer Clowns. We'll just do a Chiodo Brothers stupid. episode, right? What'd you say? Well, let's just do a let's just do a Chiodo Brothers episode one day. That would be fun. But, With all their like monsters that they've done, I think that'd be cool. But um. One of the, I think, brilliant choices they make is that the critters, they roll around as little balls. And the reason that's so smart is that, like, if you watch Gremlins, you can never see the Gremlins move anywhere full body. Yeah. There's always, like, Mm -hmm. one or two bad either stop motion shots or shots with just, like, weird blue screen puppetry work. And it's like, (laughs) having them just, they're just like... Fuck it, we're just gonna throw a bunch of balls down the stairs, and that's gonna be how the critters get around. Yes, it's. Uh, I do have to mention my favorite character in in this, as well as the entire series, is uh, Charlie. Charlie, the local drunk, who is played by Don Keith Upper. Uh He's a lot of fun. He, he kind of gets in the sequels. He kind of gets swept up in the whole thing, kind of like Reggie in the Phantasm series becomes the protagonist. Uh, you know, I was thinking the rest of, of the series. Um, I was I was comparing him to Bert in the Tremors series. Okay, where he's like yeah. a tertiary okay. character in the original, but as it goes on, he takes more and more importance because they can't afford to get everyone else back. Yeah. See, my thing is, I've only seen the first two Tremors movies, so mm. 
I've actually that, only seen the first one, here. but I know that Bert is like the central figure of all the rest. Second one's fun, uh, but this one does remind me of with uh, Charlie becoming the. It's a local drunk. You don't expect him to become like this as we go forward. This this badass intergalactic bounty hunter, uh, kind of like in the Phantasm. Uh, you don't expect uh, Reggie the Ice Cream Man to become your lead. Yeah, <laughs> your lead antagonist throughout the series. Uh, and don't worry, folks. We'll cover that series one day, and uh, you'll get to hear me gush about Phantasm Four: Oblivion. But um. This movie, <laughs> I feel like they might be mad that we're covering this movie on a show called Gremlins Knockoffs because they <laughs> the, the script for this was written before Gremlins, and apparently after Gremlins came out, they kind of did a little extra rewriting to make sure that it was mm-hmm. distinguished from it. And honestly, other than the critters themselves, it d- doesn't really feel like Gremlins at any point. Yeah. But it can't be denied that Gremlins is the reason this movie got made. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Apparently, uh, Roger Corman was originally going to make this, but the producers were at an event, and they just happened to meet Bob Shea, um, who ran New Line at the time, and he offered yeah. way more money than Corman was going to, and so they were like, oh, yeah, sure, <laughs> great. Um, uh, totally forgot another favorite uh, character uh, in this movie. Um, I love uh, uh, Jeff in this movie. He's played by Ethan Phillips. Uh, I love Ethan Phillips. He's one of my favorite character actors. Uh, he shows up here, uh, The Shadow. Uh, he's in Inside Lewin Davis for a couple minutes. Uh, he was on Star Trek Voyager. Mm. Uh, he's just, he's such a fun character actor. Uh, one of my all-time favorites. And whenever he pops up in anything, uh, he, he brings a smile to my face. I absolutely love that guy. Uh, great actor. Good to see him pop up here for, uh, for a wee bit. Yeah, and um, while we're highlighting actors, I just want to um, pinpoint for a moment Nadine Vander... What the fuck is her name? Nadine Vanderveld. Um, she's we'll fine. We'll talking about her later. She's Yeah, she's fine in this, but she is, she will show up later, and she's really great in that future film. So I just want to say, Nadine, good on you for being in multiple Gremlins knockoffs. Knockoffs. <laughs> good for you. Good on you, lady. Um... Uh, this, I mean, this movie rules. Yeah, it makes... <laughs> what else is there to say? I, opening in space, I think, was a really great decision because that really great does idea. separate this from Gremlins in the way that yep. it's like, this is sci-fi. We This is truly full-fledged science fiction. We have cool aliens in the opening. We've got alien bounty hunters. And then the other choice I think they did that really is successful for the whole franchise is subtitling the Krites. So the Krites, unlike the Gremlins, don't speak so broken funny. English. They just... But then they always subtitle it. And it's so funny every single time. They swear. They say cheeseburgers. They yes. <laughs> make little plans. They name each other. And it yes. because they're so cute, it just adds just an extra level of delight to this. I think... Yeah, it's super fun. I love this movie. I, I love this genre of movie just because it's like somebody was just watching the Muppets one day. It was just like, what if we just beat the shit out of these things? <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's funny every time. It is. It's always hilarious. This Oh, my God. Great movie. Uh, did you know that apparently Bob Shea was against the subtitles like an idiot? And well, I mean, he can be very stupid. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Stephen Herrick was like, "No, these subtitles are definitely going to work. Let's do two test screenings: one with subtitles, one it's without." It's important. And so they did. They did it, and it's the one where the shotgun blasts. They only had the one subtitle, and it's where the shotgun blasts the uh, one crate, and the other looks over and then says, "Fuck." And apparently, <laughs> the audience lost it so much at that. Bob Shea then demanded there be more subtitles throughout the entire movie. Good. Good, good. But um, he, he see he he may not be smart all the time, but he'll listen to reason. Yep. He'll listen to reason. So Critters is a great movie. It's very fun. Critters two, I think, is the masterpiece of the Critters. It's my quadrilogy. favorite in the series. It's so good. Um, it I I was thinking about it earlier today, and it is hands down the best secular Easter movie. One hundred percent. 
this movie rules. The fact that the the Krites hatch from little eggs, it, of course, it ha- it's got to take place on Easter, and those little old church ladies have to hide some Krite eggs, and they 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 you know kids find the eggs. There's a scene uh, where they they attack a guy in a bunny suit. It's so much fun, Jacob. The- I watch this movie every Easter. It is so good. I, I know I've said this before. These are the decisions of geniuses. Like, <laughs> Yes. These are the decisions of true 80s film geniuses. Uh, Mick Garris gets shit on a lot, but you know what? He's pretty damn solid. He did good here. He did very good here. I... This is, I guess, yeah, it would probably be my favorite of his that I've seen. From a script uh, from Chronicles of Riddick director David Toohey. <laughs> oh my god, I love that man. He is so in on the Riddick movies, like, bless that, bless that guy. Uh, yeah, Critters 2 is great. Yeah. It's great. They- uh, Charlie Charlie comes back. Uh, the kid from the first one comes back. Lynn Shea comes back. Uh, everything about this movie it just it works for me yeah like i love this movie yeah they this one has a bigger budget than the first and the biggest budget of them all because it goes direct to vhs after this and it is just so much more fun because now you're no longer dealing with just siege on a house you're dealing with an entire town you're dealing with yes it's a lot more classic monstery it feels almost like the blob but with cute little critters trying to figure out, all right, how do we do this? And then it ends with all the critters jumbling together into a 10-foot critter ball. Uh, probably like, probably what everyone knows the Critters series for, the giant critters ball rolling around. Which, this is the only time it shows up, but it's, damn, it's good. Well, well Jacob, when you got that big budget, you use it. Yeah. <laughs> you use that money. I, You know, every dollar on the screen... <laughs> So Charlie from the first one, he's he's back. He was an alcoholic in the first one, and now he he went to space so he could go live out his dreams of being a bounty hunter. And so it's Ugg, sure. it, Lee and Charlie are now alien bounty hunters. Yes. And I love that. Yes, they're a lot more like exterminators than they are bounty hunters. And it's got yes. a little bit of like mouse hunt energy. Where yes, they, they come yes. down, they try and deal with the crites, but everything they do just like gets worse and worse and worse. And it's up to the humans to actually try and fix it. It's it's so much fun. I love this. Uh, it's another really fast eighty six minutes. Yeah, like these movies don't waste your time. Like even if you're watching them and you're like, eh, it's all right. It'll be over in twenty minutes. It's fine. <laughs> I so Lee, who is the second of the bounty hunters, the one who I, we didn't even mention that Ugg in the first one, he pulls his face from a like heavy metal singer that he sees on TV. It's just yes. Like, so yes. everybody's walking around essentially just seeing like Eddie Van Halen blowing away aliens and being like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> which here? is pretty, which is pretty badass. And then Lee is an alien who hasn't picked a face yet, and there's like. I, this, I don't think it's intentional, but there's like almost some like trans theming going on here, where Ugg is like trying to explain to Charlie, and he's like, "He can't live in the wrong self. He hasn't figured out who he is yet." And throughout the movie, he's like trying these different faces, and then finally settles like on just this Playboy model that Charlie has a Playboy magazine from. Yeah, this really hot girl. <laughs> it's one of the the first Critters movie. I would describe as a kid-friendly horror movie. Like, yes. you could show children Critters 1, and that's totally fine. Yeah. There's, like, not a lot of blood. There's, you know, th- this one, I don't know how they got away with a PG-13. There was a lot of nudity. Yeah, There's they, a lot of blood. And I feel like they, they just didn't watch it. They butcher the Easter Bunny. They butcher the Easter Bunny, Jacob. And so this is... And it's, and it's glorious. <laughs> I think Mick Garris, you know, he's a very different director than... Stephen Herrick. Stephen Herrick is yes. more interested in doing these kind of family-friendly things. Mick Garris is, you know, yes. he's a horror guy, so he made a horror. Yeah, movie he's like, he's one. like, I want to mess up kids, and, <laughs> and that's great. I mean, I, I love it. There's a scene where all the critters are in a burger bar, just eating everything, yes. having a lot of, and it, it's it's a little like a low-energy version of a Gremlins gag. It's like, yeah. what if Gremlins was directed by any human other than Joe Dante? And you know what? <laughs> it it's would still be this. a ton of fun. <laughs> Yeah, it still rules. This movie's great. Yeah. Uh, not just my favorite in the series. This is like one of my favorite like horror movies. It's like 
holiday themed horror done right you know i you know i'm gonna say i'm gonna return to this refrain often during this episode and it's like critters 2 is the exact movie you would want critters 2 to be if you saw a poster for critters 2 you're like all right Mm -hmm. i have a movie in my head let's see what's on screen and on screen is the exact movie that played in your head and you go great i love that that was fantastic Yep. Unfortunately, it didn't do well. For no good reason. Which sucks. Which sucks. Because, like, why? You love the first one, 80s audiences. Why don't you love this? I, I don't know. Why don't you go in droves? Ask Siskel and Ebert, because they gave the first one two thumbs up, and they were very disappointed in Critters 2. <laughs> oh, my God. Go back to Field and Stream, you hacks. <laughs> but um, because of that, Critters 3 uh, went straight to VHS. And you know, mm-hmm. nowadays, DVD and Blu-ray. But, you know, it's and it's a much smaller movie. And it all takes place pretty much in a single apartment complex Location. building. And you know what? It's still a lot of fun. You can't go wrong with Critters. <laughs> I, uh, since we're talking Critters 3 now... I love Critters 3. I think it's it's a hoot. It's a lot of fun. And I love the small, single location of the apartment building that is not only besieged by Critters, but besieged by a really evil landlord <laughs> and his uh, precocious son, who will save the day, possibly. <laughs> Too bad that kid never went anywhere after this. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame, really. So this is, as Matt is alluding to, the first movie appearance of Leonardo DiCaprio and apparently he doesn't like to talk you want to know it, what which well you know what he should talk about it because it's a pretty good movie yeah it's a, have a sense of humor guy it there's a lot of good gags in it they um the Chiodos I think are really the stars of part three um you've kind yep. of lost all of the character of everything else I personally don't love except for Charlie I don't He's love what Charlie. happened to Charlie here I he kind of got he got kicked out yeah, Charlie it's a shame. goes through such a good arc in the first two. The first one is Charlie stopping being an alcoholic, deciding his place is in space. Critters 2, Charlie, you know, goes on this adventure. He's done all these things. He saves the day. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to stay here and I'm going to be sheriff. And I am finally got my life together. And then Critters 3 is like, oh, but now he's like insanely concerned about critters and is chasing them everywhere and wears a dumb hat <laughs> he's just obsessed it's like yes oh my god that hat you know it's fine but i my affection for charlie starts to rapidly wane here it it drop it drops a little um but i do like uh i like the cast here yet again um i really like uh francis bay the little old lady mm-hmm. uh, uh listeners might know her from a bunch of david lynch movies uh, she's like in every other david lynch movie throughout the 90s uh she was good there she was good in um what's it called in the mouth of madness uh, john carpenter's film uh i like this movie i like uh it, it's pretty good yeah yeah and it's- like i said like the the single location i think it helps i think it helps a lot and the critters as always are a lot of fun and and there's subtitles and conversations are also very fun yet again and because there's less critters they tried to make them a little more distinguishable so you've got one with like bleach on his face you've got they, they've all got little names and that, that's a smart cute idea yes. it's bleach it's cute uh, but people will notice that as the series goes on there are less and less crates <laughs> yeah that's really gonna come to a head in critters 4 which has i think more critters Great. on the poster than in the movie itself <laughs> Probably. So, Critters 3 ends with an extended credits sequence? I, it's Yes, it like, weird, right? It cuts between the credits and the epilogue of the movie, where... It's very strange. Char- a spaceship comes down, and Charlie has to put the critter eggs into it because krites are endangered, and he needs to save the last two krite eggs... And then Charlie the space arc. gets stuck in the spaceship, too, and gets shunted off into space. And the reason they did that is that Critters 3 and 4 were shot simultaneously. They were shot at the same time. Yes. Well, back to back, not simultaneously. But um, it's different directors, though. Critters 3 was directed by Christine Peterson. So, yeah. So she has 
kind of a she was a second unit director uh she's more second mm. unit on chopping mall and bill and ted's excellent oh, adventure yes. um so nice and tremors man what a career <laughs> um yeah so this was kind of her big step up and i think she did a great job critters four though is directed by um one of the producers of the series it is rupert harvey, rupert harvey. and the yeah. only movie Wikipedia has this is the only film he d- only film he directed and is critters four but he also produced uh some really cool movies he obviously produced the entire critter series uh he he produced that uh christian slater film pump up the volume hmm. uh, he produced uh the dream child nightmare on elm street he also produced bones which is one of my favorite movies hmm. oh is that the snoop dogg one uh yes oh that's yeah. the ernest dickerson uh snoop dogg uh baller ass horror movie that rules and i love it it's a good movie <laughs> So, like Hellraiser and Leprechaun before them, Critters took their fourth movie into Goes space. Goes to space. Um, Goes to space. I was like, Critters is at least seated because it started in space, unlike Hellraiser and Leprechaun. Yes. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, very small cast here. Very small very cast. Very great cast, though. We've got both Angela very... Bassett and Brad Dourif. <laughs> Hell yes. We have Angela Bassett, who is so much fun in this. She's so cool. Uh... We have Brad Dourif, who uh, you mentioned earlier this week. Uh, it's fun seeing him play in a normal guy. He, it, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Brad Dourif just play a dude before. He's normal dude, like a just a normal or dude, a monster or a Chucky. But here he's just like he's like the most normal person in the entire cast. Uh, we have Anne Ramsey from Mad About You and League of Their Own. I really like her. Uh, Eric DeRay, uh, who played Leo on Twin Peaks, uh, that piece of shit. And uh, he's in this, too. Uh, this whole cast is just wonderful. I, 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 I love this cast. Small and solid. Yeah. Um, so... There, there's a great bit that it so it takes forever for critters to show up in this movie the movie's like half over before yeah. the crites show up and there's only really two crites for like, most of the movie there's two crites yeah um so charlie wakes up and just like an alien he has overslept and it's now the future but it's only 53 yes. years in the future which to me does not seem like long enough for the amount no, of space that travel that this movie <laughs> implies <laughs> like we're already 20-some years out from Critters 4. Yes. And also, when Charlie gets out, he's like, oh my god, that means everyone I know is dead. And I'm like, Charlie, you had so many child friends. Like, they're probably in their 60s or 70s. They're probably around. Yeah, but they're alive. They're still alive. They're just, you know, you're in space, dude. I do like that there's a hacker crate in this. One of the crates, like, is good at computers. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's cute. It's cute. These dudes rule. Um, what's that? What's that saying, Jacob? Dudes rock. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that applies to the crates. Crates rock. <laughs> crates rock, man. Uh, the um, yeah. apparently the movie's fun. The, I love this one. Apparently, they were supposed to. They had, like they spent too much money on three, and so they Chiotos weren't given enough money <laughs> to make crates for four. <laughs> Which oh, is, they didn't have any left over? Yeah. So that's why we ended up with kind of a, a, a weird, critless movie. It's just... Critters 4 is probably my least favorite of the movies we'll talk about today. And it's just because, like, there's a lot of good, weird stuff in it, but it's just not as fun. And it's like, if you're going to space, if you're making your space entry, you should be fun. Yes. Like, uh, uh, but I will Jason say... But I will that. say... But I will say... I don't dislike any of the Critters movies. Yeah, same. Like I like all four of these movies. I think are solid and good times. Like I, I have fun with these, and I think it's because not only do you have cool creature effects with the Krites, you have casts who know exactly what kind of movie they're in, mm-hmm. and they're not they're not they're not playing themselves. They're not they're not trying to overdo it. They're like we're in a Critters movie. There's also let's just have fun. There's also let's go for a, it. Um, an overly literal um, spaceship computer called Angela, which is a shocking yes. parody of Alexa. Thirty years before Alexa existed. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think you just set off my Alexa, Jacob. How dare oh, you? I'm sorry about that. I, you know, I, I was thinking about my own when I said it. I was like, good thing there's none in my room. I looked across the room like, oh dear, it lit up. <laughs> 
but yeah, the the Critters movies are great. I say, having not seen Critters Attack from 2019, um, or um, the TV, I haven't show. seen Critters Attack. I have not seen uh, Critters, a new bounty hunter, the little short that they did. Uh, apparently, they are both dreadful. So I will, I will be ab- avoiding those. Yeah, yeah, Critters. Four critters is probably the perfect amount of critters, and that's that's a good amount. Listener if- and uh, listeners, if you want uh, to ever watch these movies, uh, I'm sure they're streaming somewhere. Uh, but Scream Factory did do a great four disc box set. You can usually get it uh, pretty cheap. I remember mine was on sale like two years ago. I got it for twenty bucks. Yeah, I got mine for it like currently 15. goes to. <laughs> Yeah, it goes for around uh, normally around like thirty bucks. You can get this thing for, and it's a lot of uh, good restorations, a uh, lot of really good uh, making of documentaries, and just lots of cool stuff behind the scenes for critters. And uh, the box looks cool. It's it's one of their most fun sets that they've that they've put out. Bless those guys yeah. over at uh, the Scream Factories. <laughs> You know, that the Scream Factory, that's where they make screams. Yeah. <laughs> what is this, Monsters, Inc.? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the uh, other main Gremlins knockoff franchise, you have your Critters, and then your other one that I think everyone would know about, or everyone with, who is listening to a Monsters Never Die podcast would know about. Well, yeah. Are the ghoulies. The the guys that you... The ghoulies. You, you gotta look out for in the toilet. Um, the the famous VHS cover of a ghoulie popping out of a toilet and the tagline, they'll get That's, you in the end. <laughs> Which... Yep, the the VHS cover that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid, and that's why I never rented it. So, famously... the Did not care for that cover. The first Ghoulies movie does not have a toilet scene, which... Interesting. It, it, it was just something they created up, they came up with for the VHS box, and... You know, I, I guess, I think there were probably hundreds and thousands of people... That's probably an exaggeration. Who <laughs> rented Ghoulies and were disappointed that nobody got it in the end. But um, don't worry, <laughs> listener. They will make up for that in the future. <laughs> Good. So the first Ghoulies... They got it in the end. <laughs> it was shot at the same time as Gremlins. Um, it's a Charles okay. Band production. So if you know Charles Band, you know that he loves to do little puppet guys. Um, he's the guy behind Puppet Master and Evil oh, he loves Bong. Little puppet dude. <laughs> He's uh, he's not the best, but he he works in the very low budget realm and um, has occasionally done some interesting work. And I would consider the Ghoulies movies some of his interesting work. Um, so yeah, it was shot simultaneously as Gremlins, and Warner Brothers actually sued Charles Band to get them to change the name, but they won. Um, oh, it was supposed to beat Gremlins to theaters, but then Charles Band ran out of money. they had to wait until gremlins came out and then they raised some more money to like finish editing um we have john carl buchler doing the effects which is honestly like if you're looking at who's doing the effects for critters ghoulies gremlins i would say that john carl buchler who is known probably to you guys as the guy who did the effects for troll and he did he directed friday the 13th part 7 um, Hell yeah, he did. He's a good get, for, especially for something as low budget yeah. as this. Like, I would call him exactly. on par with Chris Wallace and the Chiodos. Um, yeah, he's pretty damn good. So the thing about Ghoulies, the first movie, is that it's not really much of a Gremlins knockoff. It's sold as one, it's pictured as one, because there are some puppet guys. But it's actually just like a sorcery movie. And interesting, yeah, it's a, a college student like discovers his dead dad's like occult stuff in his house, and <laughs> he decides to found us. he decides to summon up the demons in the hopes of gaining some superpowers. And uh, the ghoulies, as one does, yeah. So the ghoulies are like some of the things that are summoned. There's a lot of summoning in the movie, um, and then he has a big '80s horror movie house party, which. Hell yes. I don't know about you, but Matt, but there is nothing I love more than an 80s horror movie house party. <laughs> I love 80, I love just just plain old 80s house parties yeah. in movies. Like, I love the, the house... I mean, the, the, the go-to 80s house party is weird science, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just... That's like the be-all, end-all. 
I love that party. <laughs> I, I want to go to that party. I, I just think of all the early Friday the 13th movies and how much yes. I, I love those. Yes. But um, there's a great, like, so this guy, he has this party and he's trying to, like, you know, summon up more shit. And he goes, I've got an idea. Let's do a ritual. And everybody's like, yeah, that sounds good. I just love the idea. <laughs> that sounds fun, bro. Let's do a ritual at a house party. Um, cool shit, bro. There's a great... <laughs> <laughs> it's a great sex scene where the guy drew a pentagram on the floor and is like trying to like summon more stuff while having sex with his girlfriend and the ghoulies are there and like getting involved <laughs> and she doesn't notice it <laughs> oh god this ghoulies it's shocking there's a lot of like really fun genuinely kind of scary nightmare imagery and the ghoulies are just kind of a bonus um it's a bonus yeah, yeah. They, so but so that's ghoulies I highly recommend. It's a weird movie, and don't go in expecting gremlins, but go in just expecting yeah. some sorcery and a little bit of puppet action. The Ghoulies From Two the director Luca Ber- Bercovici. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he directed Rockula, which I've seen, and it's fun. <laughs> but um, so Ghoulies is one of those franchises, kind of like Leprechaun, where each one has nothing to do with any of the others, other than the fact that None of the others, they yeah. use the exact same Ghoulies puppets. <laughs> and they'll get you in the end, okay, again. Ghoulies so Ghoulies 2, the poster is two Ghoulies popping out of a toilet. <laughs> I found these in the garage. Do you want to use them for the next movie? Sure. <laughs> so, Ghoulies 2 fucking rules. Honestly, yeah. out of every movie other than Gremlins 2, I think Ghoulies 2 is my favorite. I I maybe prefer it <laughs> to Critters 2. Damn. So it's but but is it a but is it a holiday movie, Jake? It is not. It is, however. Then I, I then I don't know if I can get behind Matt, it. It's my favorite genre, <laughs> carnival movie. Okay, yeah, okay. You you're gonna you're gonna win. So this the, the Ghoulies they hitch a ride to a carnival. <laughs> And as at, like I said before, as one as does, you do. and they hide out in the um, in the haunted house at the carnival, which of course, fucking, and so your main right where you feel at home, you know, your main character in the movie is the is this like kid who runs the haunted house. He works with this little person actor named sir nigel who wants to be a shakespearean actor who's played by phil fonda caro who you might know oh i know him he's seinfeld. yeah from seinfeld he's um kramer's he friend kramer's friend yeah yeah, yeah. he rules love he him. is so good in this he's a you know he's stuck working this shitty carnival but all he wants to do is shakespeare so he's constantly throwing shakespeare into everything and ghoulies 2 is just like the perfect 80s movie to me because it's about this kid who runs a haunted house in a carnival until an evil 80s businessman comes in and is like we gotta take care of the bottom line and not enough people are going to your haunted house and this like kid and his dad who run the haunted house are like man you don't care about the people you don't carnivals run on magic they doesn't run on profit it's just this shit this stuff's art man but um but in the in the the turn is that people are going into the haunted house and they're seeing the ghoulies and getting really scared. Yes. So they come out and they're like, "Guys, you gotta check out this haunted house. You're never gonna believe what's it." <laughs> there's a great scene where it's like these two eight year olds and there's like sixty adult people gathered around them as they talk about <laughs> how scary this haunted house is. <laughs> I just love the idea that that's that would ever happen <laughs> that like me as a 32 year old man would be like oh man this seven-year-old said this haunted house is really scary i better check this out <laughs> you know what that kid's probably right though yeah um they um they so they the small child said this thing's awesome i should go <laughs> they, they they finally pay off the toilet um covers by giving the human villain the the businessman who wants to run the park into the ground he gives they give him the toilet death which is just perfect he gets it in the end yeah he gets it in the end and uh nice. it ends with a giant ghoulie who eats all the other ghoulies and it's like just what you want to of see. course and, like i can't believe we never got a giant gremlin in gremlins it's kind of crazy it's so, like I was saying with Critters 2 is the exact movie you would want if you saw a poster for Critters 2. Ghoulies 2 is better than the movie that plays in your head when you hear Ghoulies 2. And it might just be low expectations for a movie called Ghoulies 2, but it's it's fucking awesome. Highly recommend Ghoulies 2. <laughs> and then for Ghoulies 3, we've got John... They go to college, right? <laughs> yeah, Ghoulies 3 
all colon, our, ghoulies go all to our, college. Yeah, all our favorite little ghoulies, they got scholarships. <laughs> Look at them go. So this one's directed by John Carl Buechler, um, again. Hell yes. Who did uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7, and it's a straight-up comedy. Honestly, honestly, I've liked everything I've seen from him that he's directed. It's a, uh, it's I mean, slob. I've seen... But I've seen New Blood. I've seen Cellar Dweller. Dude rules. Yeah, it's this movie is so fun. Like, it's again, it's just exactly what it says on the tin. It's a ghoulies slobs versus snobs versus ghoulies movie. <laughs> which I appreciate that, Matt. Do you know who the like uptight college professor is in this movie? I believe I do because I just looked it Kevin up. Kevin McCarthy, who yes, listeners may know from Invasion of the Body Snatchers or UHF. <laughs> yep, the guy rules. And so the whole movie is about a, uh, a prank war, <laughs> which oh, Jason Scott Lee is in this. The fucking every Matthew Lillard is in this. <laughs> I uh, I love Jason Scott Lee. I think he's great. He was in um, the 90s live-action Jungle Book and directed by Steven Summers. Mm -hmm. And he rules in that movie. He's really good. Uh, He also did a voice in Lilo and Stitch. Bless him. Um, This movie's... I think he was the boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's fucking great. It's just... By 1991, this kind of, like, college prank humor was completely dead but that almost makes it like more fun because it is just like such a play on a genre that is like it hasn't been long enough that this is like a parody or like you know i feel like we have throwbacks now that don't actually get into what it felt like in the 80s i think they were close enough that they still have that vibe but also just kind of poking fun at it so the main character is a guy who loves pranks more than he loves his hot girlfriend (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> he like keeps breaking dates to pull pranks on the like stuck up frat while he has the nerd frat and I love for this. some reason instead of prank they usually call them yanks <laughs> which sure I don't know they're like oh you're quite the let's yanker pull, let's pull a pretty good yank and the whole movie is built around trying to win this prank crown <laughs> which I can't even talk about it without laughing because it's just it's so funny and that's before the ghoulies are even involved um <coughs> the I love it I love it the only negative the ghoulies they just talk in this one and interesting they should have been subtitled like the krites they're, I mean they're fine but like yeah. I don't know they, they get horny for human ladies which I love I love when puppet monsters are horny for human women <laughs> for no reason <laughs> So like, learn something new about you every day. Jacob. I don't know. It's just like one of those movies where it's like <laughs> a bunch of ghoulies are like looking into the sorority and like <laughs> during oh a pillow God. fight and but like and like the the glad the the windows getting all fogged up, just them like staring. But at like, it. yeah, I want to see that, but I don't want to hear a ghoulie say. And this is an actual quote from the movie: "I'm sporting half a chubby." Like, no, that's no good. Uh, just show me a ghoulie. Hard getting horny. Hard pass. Um. But so Kevin McCarthy <laughs> teams up with the ghoulies because he hates these pranks so much. <laughs> of course he does. And <laughs> he doesn't hate the pranks. He hates the Yanks. It, it, the ghoulies are very like three stoogy in this one. Um, Kevin McCarthy, yeah. they like keep repeating everything Kevin McCarthy is saying and he's getting annoyed with them. And so he tries to get them with the ghoul. He goes, the ghoulies have no dicks. And they go, Ragnar has no dick. And he's like, oh, got by the ghoulies again. <laughs> Um, but uh, the movie ends with Kevin McCarthy with a giant ghoulie stomach, which is just like, what else could you want out of life? So, yeah, what else did you want out of life? Uh, other than Matthew Lillard, <laughs> in polite comet company, I would not recommend Ghoulies Three. Ghoulies Go to College. But if you are the kind of person who thinks Ghoulies Three, Ghoulies Go to College sounds like a funny title, you would enjoy this film. <laughs> yes, without a doubt. Um, yeah, um, give me. And then there's just two kind of one-off um, ones I want to just quickly hit on. Roger Corman, he didn't get to make Critters, but he was able to make Munchies, which is genuinely pretty good. <laughs> it's not to be confused with Munchie. Not to be confused with Munchie, also made by Roger Corman, which is, again, I not counted because it is just one little guy in a costume instead of many puppet monsters. It's very strange. Um, 
but Munchies stars Harvey Corman for some goddamn reason as both the main character yes. and his evil twin brother. Amazing. <laughs> fucking rules. Um, it was directed by Tina Hirsch, who edited Gremlins. Which okay. is like one of those Corman things where he's like, yeah, I'll give you a leg up. And yeah, sure. Paul Bartel shows up in it. And, you know, anytime Paul Bartel shows up, you know you're in for a good day. Yep, love him. One of my favorite uh, filmmakers, actually. So Harvey Corman plays a space archaeologist <laughs> who thinks that of Machu course. Picchu is a control tower for alien spaceships. And he goes down and he finds a munchie. And this movie is just like... Finds a munchie. <laughs> <laughs> he finds a munchie. <laughs> it's... The munchies, insane thing. They, the puppets are not very good, but they are kind of cute, and they do sound exactly yeah. like the gremlins. Um, Frank Welker yeah. does the voice of some of them. Um, Bob Picardo is also oh, Optimus, in yes. Um, so you yes. get a lot of Dante Love regulars um, between Paul Bartel, him. Uh, Wendy Shaw shows up. She was in Small Soldiers and Inner Space. So they mm-hmm. really... It, it, Dante can't be mad at Roger Corman, because, you know, they... they, they came up together so i imagine honestly i wonder if she was in the burbs right part of me, yeah she was uh bruce stern's wife yep. in the burbs right yeah oh yeah i love her part of me wonders if she's fantastic <laughs> roger corman was just like called up joe dante and was like hey i'm knocking off gremlins <laughs> who do you who should i hire? yeah and dante's like all right sure that's yes. great here's here's who should be in it all right he's like uh he's like okay you want uh picardo you want <laughs> but um this movie is Jet, like this is not a horror movie at all. This is a straight up comedy with little puppet it's monsters. It's a goof, but it's, it's a big goof. It's genuinely very funny. And Nadine Vanderveld, yeah. who was in Critters, is in this, and she is really good in this. And it's just so warm. And I don't know. I I, I had a really great time. There's some fun ADR gags. The license plate on the car is Gizmo, which is like they fucking know <laughs> what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, the, the, the like, big... It's, like, partially gremlins, partially piranha, because the whole thing ends with this guy who had built this giant miniature golf course. And it's just a line that, I don't know, cracks me up, where he's like, they laughed at me when I said I'd build the world's first 36-hole miniature golf course. And I just love the idea <laughs> of like, a megomaniacal person thinking so small. Yeah, it's munchies. Highly recommend. It's It's a lot of fun. Um, and now we have uh, Rick Sloan's Hobgoblins. Yeah. Have you seen... What you gonna do with those Hobgoblins? <laughs> yes, I've seen the Mystery Science Theater episode. Okay, great. I love that episode. Uh, henceforth, I love Hobgoblins. Yeah, it was my favorite had episode that song. as a kid. <laughs> I've had that song stuck in my head for 30 years, Jacob. <laughs> what you gonna do with those Hobgoblins? <laughs> What a picture, Jacob. What a picture. I'm actually friends with that dude on Facebook. And, like, we've talked many times. Rick Sloan? Yes! <laughs> sure, why not? I should have had him on the show. Yeah, why didn't you call him, man? I don't know, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm not good at things, Jacob. Well, the Hump Goblins, you know... We talk about trying to find your niche the, to separate your movie from Gremlins, and this one has an interesting concept where the hobgoblins let your fantasies come to life, and then that kills you. So it's a little bit like Gremlins meets Wishmaster, and they're like a little little Wishmasters. There is like I watched a lot of Mystery Science Theater three thousand as a kid, and Hobgoblins is one of the only movies that I like actively, vividly remembered. There's something about this movie that just sticks in your brain. It sticks out. And the Hobgoblins, they have a cute design, which is nice. Yeah, they're cute. Um, They're only attracted to bright light, which is kind of the opposite of Gremlins. So once it's daylight, you'll never be able to stop them. (laughs) But, like, it's the perfect, like, they're so cute, and it's just fun to see them. And the Mystery Science episode is so great because it gives Hobgoblins the same kind of, like, Gremlins gags that Gremlins itself makes. Yes. And, I don't know, this movie is too goofy for me to consider it one of the worst. I don't know how people think that this is one of the worst movies ever made. It's just a fun time. I kind of want to watch Hobgoblins right now. You know what I always want to watch? Gremlins 2, the new batch. (laughs) Oh, you mean one of the greatest films of all time? Yes, I would always love to watch this movie. My favorite Dante changes from day to day, but I think this might be his best. 
I I will always be a Gremlins 1 partisan, but I love Gremlins 2 so much, and I only love Gremlins 1 so much because Gremlins 2 exists and gives me all of the things that I would want out of Gremlins 1. This is the one that I watched so many times uh, Mm -hmm. as a kid, taped off of HBO. Wore out little VHS of mine, and ah. God, I love Gremlins 2. It is every idea ever just thrown at the screen and just Dante laughing all the way to his final cut. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, have you seen um, Hell's a Poppin'? Uh, No. So Hell's a Poppin' is a a movie um, that Joe Dante has often credited as one of his favorites, if not his favorite. It's from 1941, and it's a adaptation of a vaudeville show that had no plot mm-hmm. and the movie breaks the fourth wall constantly and dante just straight up steals some hells of popping gags for gremlins 2 nice and this whole movie gremlins 2 is the entire movie is just an ode to this movie that he loved from 50 years earlier from 50 years earlier and so if you love gremlins 2 i highly recommend seeking out hells of Poppin'. i definitely um, I will it's all on youtube so it's it's genuinely hilarious, but... Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in this movie. I mean, I remember the last it's... time I watched it, uh, every couple minutes I would just exclaim, Amazing! <laughs> and eventually <laughs> Carlo just would start giving me dirty looks and I would try to shut up, but I couldn't because it's amazing! <laughs> pound for pound, there are probably more good ideas in Gremlins 2 than in any other movie ever made. Yes. Uh, I mean, you have you have Rambo... Uh, Gizmo, who I love. Uh, Who among us, when they were children, after seeing Gremlins 2, did not make paperclip bow and arrows? (laughs) I know I did, Jacob. I know I made many of those. I I was listening to the um, commentary with Dante in preparation for this, and he said apparently one of their first ideas was nunchucks, but they realized that his arms were too short. So yeah, he couldn't do, do it. Yeah, <laughs> so he had he went to Sylvester Stallone. They should have tried it anyway. <laughs> that would have been cute. Uh, apparently, uh, um, they also had just a big board where anyone could come in and write down a gremlin gag, and they would just pick all of the best ones off of that board. So the key and peel sketch is real. Yeah, pretty much. Basically, uh, I mean that uh, this movie has some of my favorite gremlins. I love Smart Guy Gremlin. I I love Lady Gremlin. I am terrified of Spider Gremlin. Uh, this movie has so it's like like I said before, it's every idea in one movie, and it has a really great fourth wall breaking gag, which yeah, changes so- depending on what version you're watching. Yeah, the making a new one for VHS was a brilliant move. Um, uh, yes, I'm, yes. I'm more partial to the theatrical one just because, again, it has Paul Bartel, and anytime yeah. Paul Bartel shows up, the movie is better. But <laughs> this movie, it's just so bold and so wild, and it was written by Charles Haas, who I think wrote Dante's two best films out of Gremlins, which is this and Matinee. I love Matinee. And it's so good and there's just so much satire oozing off of every like this there's like airplane amounts of gags in this movie every single shot in this movie has is a joke everything's a joke cram in jokes in the audio track the some of my favorite stuff is just like the building talking to people Yes, like so funny. Uh, we haven't you, even talked about this. You cast. better wash your hands, Buster. We haven't even talked about this cast, which is an amazing, amazing cast. I mean, obviously, you know, Galligan came back from the original. Phoebe Cates came back, uh, but now you have one of my favorite character actors, John Glover, as he's so good in as this. the head of the the building. We, you, he is amazing in this movie. I mean, he's never not great. Uh, yeah, but he's just terrific here. Uh, we have Robert Protsky, who, Jesus Christ, he was born old. I love that man. Uh, he's just so much fun playing the the uh, basically grandpa monster who has a TV show. He's fun. Robert Picardo obviously is in it because it's a Joe Dante movie. Uh, Christopher Lee, who. Christ, Dante must have been over the moon that he got Christopher Lee to be <laughs> to be in his movie. Uh, this whole cast is just 
My goodness, what a picture. Yeah. What a picture. <laughs> my <laughs> it my has Leonard Maltin. Is, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it cuts to Leonard Maltin reading his review of the first Gremlins before he's <laughs> It's so funny. It's so funny. And I'm so happy that he agreed to be in it and like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll be eaten. That's fine. My my stealth pick for um best side character in this is Kathleen Freeman. I was just going to is... say Yep. Microwave with Marge. She's in one of the best Dick Van Dyke episodes or Mary Tyler Moore gets her toe stuck in the tub faucet. And Always love her. She's just so funny in this. She's another uh, Dante semi-regular. The way that she says luncheon meats just <laughs> has been stuck in my head. And this is the second time we've talked about her on the show. So you get uh, two gold in? stars Kathleen Freeman uh, she was in the fly she was the the house housekeeper oh my god yes yes so uh who knows maybe one day uh we'll talk uh hocus pocus or inner space and she will get the triple crown and we will send her a state an award <laughs> one of my favorite bits of this movie is that is so all of it is back <laughs> it's all of it. it but phoebe cates is back from the first one is it the president's day bit <laughs> No, I mean that is great. I just love that she has absolutely no affection for Gizmo because she's not never at all. Really spent that any time with him? Hates so, him. Like, she's just like, what Billy's is this like, weird fucking thing? Billy goes, uh, Kate, Gizmo's here, and she's just like, oh, that furry thing. <laughs> oh, ew, gross. It's so funny to me that like she didn't see the movie we did so she no she, she was just no being terror- like she was just being terrorized in a bar the whole time she hated it but no her um, her president's day thing is very very funny yeah this movie constantly pokes fun at the original there's yes. a scene where the guy is reciting all of the like ways around the rules before he just gets eaten by gremlins for yes asking what happens yes. if they're on an airplane that goes uh, over a time zone change i i love that i love i love the batman gremlin the bat gremlin is cool I love every that gremlin intro- in this movie rules. <laughs> yeah, and it flies out the window and leaves the bat signal. <laughs> yes, amazing, amazing. And then he gets thrown into concrete and then flies up and and turns into a gargoyle. a gargoyle. Yes, amazing. Everything about this movie is amazing, Jacob. It is no hyperbole. Hyperbole. One of the greatest films of all time. It is easily top five sequel of all time. Yes, without a doubt. And it ends with a gigantic musical number, and I think that's this movie that's, would that's be great. The, without that's it, the clincher. That's the clincher. Once you get to that, you go, okay. There's no. They were given the opportunity to do anything they wanted, and what no, they, they did wanted to do was insanity. And God bless them for it. <laughs> and they pulled it off because this there's a movie line in the commentary fantastic. where Joe Dante goes, "If there was ever a film by credit that I could take for credit for, this would be the one." Yep. And Goddamn, this is the Joe Dante movie mm-hmm. to end all Joe Dante movies. It is it is quintessential Dante. Like all of his weirdness and uh filmmaking uh quirks all on display and they're all great and it's why he's one of my favorite directors. It's just yeah. because of this movie. Uh if he hadn't made this movie, he still would have been one of my favorites because Hey, I love the first Gremlins. I love the Burbs. I love Inner Space. That's another VHS I wore out when I was a kid. But you know what? He made Gremlins too. He gets a lifetime pass for anything. Yep. Anything. Gremlins two is what if the bar scene from Gremlins one was an hour and a half long? Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's a brilliant choice. Ah, uh, we love you, Joe Dante. Come on our show. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I think if we were to try and talk any more about Gremlins 2, we would just be listing all of our favorite gags, which we could easily do. But instead, you should all just put in Gremlins 2 right now and watch it. Yes, uh, maybe one day we'll do a commentary for it. Where it's just you and me, Jacob, giggling like idiots for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Download our laugh track. <laughs> I think that, honestly, I think that would be a lot of fun. We should do that. Yeah. Uh, just, we, don't, we won't even say anything insightful about the movie. It's just us giggling throughout the entire runtime. <laughs> and you get to live with that. It would be a mixture of us giggling and then me pointing out all of the Joe Dante film nerd jokes he has, like Donovan's yes. brain being in the, uh, yes. <laughs> the lab. Oh, um, God. God damn it, this movie. Uh, yeah, I think that brings us to the end. 
Yeah, we, we've talked about a lot of little monsters today. Bunch of little dudes being weird little guys. <laughs> you know, if you like puppets, if you like Muppets, if you like laughing at little guys, you should watch all these movies. They're all fucking great. Yeah, they're all they're, they're good times. Get drunk, have some friends over, and watch every watch one of each series. That would be that's, yeah, that's, I would recommend that's my that. homework that would be fun. for all you listeners. Yes. Critters um, two, Ghoulies two, Ghoulies three, <laughs> Hobgoblins, the Mystery Science Theater three thousand episode. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, uh I guess that brings us to this. Uh Jacob, where can the people find you on the interwebs? You can find me online at Jacob underscore Denoble, and that's on Twitter and Letterboxd. All right, you can find me at the real Matt C, basically everywhere, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I do. Uh, there might be another podcast happening. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so yeah, we gotta. I'm I'm working on that, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, Matt, as always. Stay spooky and keep on listening. There's a critter up my shooter, and the feller won't let go. He grabbed a hold of something when my ass took a mold. He's a furry little rascal with a cold little nose. There's a critter up my shooter, and the feller won't let go. 